Got to let somebody know you're happy. I mean, we just had awesome worship, right? Is that not a glimpse of what we'll have to be and what we'll be a part of in heaven? Good Lord, have mercy. We got an empty tomb here today, and we're sitting here. Y'all are in your grave clothes. Let's get excited, right? There we go. Thank y'all. My goodness. Just had awesome worship. I might as well give the invitation, y'all. Tough crowd. Say hello to somebody today. Thank you. Hello, everybody. You really should say it. So we are so thankful today. It is Easter Sunday, and I will say it. If you've been in church at all, you're going to know the answer to this. And if you haven't, don't feel left out, because the answer is, he is risen indeed. Okay, so here we go. He is risen. There we go. Now we've got that out of the way. We can have some fun at church. We've had some awesome worship, because today we are celebrating Easter. We are celebrating an empty tomb. We are celebrating Jesus. So, Wherever we are, wherever you are right now, if you're hanging out with us, we've been in this series called The Wonderful Cross, and what we've been talking to it and talking through is today is the day of celebration. The empty tomb is what it's all about, but to get there, you got to go through the cross first, and that's what we've been talking about. The, the empty tomb means nothing if at first the cross isn't there, okay? So right now, today, we get to celebrate the empty tomb. So really quickly, all right, quick poll, uh, favorite Easter candy, let your neighbor know your favorite Easter candy, somebody, peeps. Everybody just prayed for the rapture. Peeps, peeps are good. Cadbury eggs, Reese peanut butter cups, jelly beans, jelly beans. The plastic egg. I love it. We got some favorite Easter candy. See, see, we have some fun at church. Okay, okay, okay. Here's the other thing. Uh, show of hands, who knows the real Cadbury egg or Cadbury bunny? No one. Okay. Well, that stinks. Because, see, here's the thing. You got to think about this. Because there's, there's the white cream and then there's caramel. That bunny's got something in it, right? Like, we got to find a bunny somewhere along the world. So now that we know that, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. When it comes to Easter, um, how many folks, yeah, how many, how many got visited by the Easter bunny? Did they leave you some pellets in the yard? Are y'all good? You good to go? We got visited. I was trying to make sure the kids weren't in here. Well, here we go. Here we go. So as we're getting ready for, uh, this series today, what we're going to be diving into uh, when it comes to Easter, because the real deal is, uh, you know, Reese peanut butter cups, I don't know why they screw us all over uh, and only give us a ton of peanut butter at the holidays, right? Halloween, Christmas tree cake, yeah, Christmas trees, right? And then, but then the rest of the year, they give you the little thing and they put like marshmallow tops on it. They just jip you. They don't give you enough peanut butter. So this time of year, what we're going to talk about is this thing today called the resurrection and it being the real thing. The real thing. The real thing. Because right now, what we believe about the resurrection not only affects our future, it's how we live today. Whether we trust the resurrection is true or not completely defines the rest of our eternity. Not just this thing that is but a breath that is life. It defines everything we do. So if you've got your Bible today, that's what we're going to be talking about. It's the resurrection in a different place. We, we actually do this a lot at Easter here. So if you've got your Bible, we're going to be in 1 Corinthians 15. Uh, if you don't have your Bible, we, we have a ton of them. We would love to give you free for the asking over in our garden area. Our vine production team's incredible. They're going to make sure everything's on the screen uh, each and every week, wherever you're watching. But also, shameless plug, I say it every week. Because you can connect with us, you can see a prayer wall, we have all kind of cool things. You can download our free Vine Church app at thevine.tv slash app. It's going to ask for your phone number, last four digits of your social security number, your grandmother's maiden name, and the name of your first pet. That's all we need, okay? It's all right. Don't worry about the credit charges that come after the fact. 
There we go. We're together today. I'm kidding. It's just going to send you the link. And in there, you're going to see a place for notes that you can take notes with us. Uh, and it's a great way for you to follow along. So let's go ahead and get to 1 Corinthians 15. So why in the world are we in 1 Corinthians 15? Well, 1 Corinthians 15 is the longest chapter in the Bible on the resurrection. Believe it or not, it's longer than the Gospels. Paul spends his time to the Corinth church talking about the resurrection more than anywhere else that we see it in the Bible. And why does this matter? Well, what's happening in the Corinth churches, they're struggling with whether they believe the resurrection is real or not. Paul is gone. He's planted a church. Uh, he's got basically like his one Chick-fil-A there, and he's trying to expand Chick-fil-A's. Like he's, he's expanding and growing the church, right? And what happens is the church is in an argument. Some say that Jesus didn't, he didn't rise from the dead. As a matter of fact, some say he didn't die on the cross. It was like a spa day. And when they wrapped him up, you know, they bound him up and they put all the little spices on him. And he just slept for three days and somehow moved this big stone all on his own from the inside out. Like, they don't believe in the resurrection, okay? How does this play out? Well, what happens is there are Christians who believe in the resurrection in the Corinth church. There are those who didn't. There are those who are called a Gnosticism or a special knowledge. We'll talk about that just a little bit, a little bit later. But Gnosticism, the special knowledge, they thought you had to have a special knowledge for salvation, and that's how you had to seek it. They're super, super spiritual. There were Pharisees at the time. We know about these Pharisees, guys. They're ultra-religious. Now, believe it or not, they believe in the resurrection, but not in Jesus' resurrection. Why do they do that? Have you ever heard of Ezekiel 37 and 38, the valley of dry bones? That is what you will hear. See, guys, if you've never been in the Bible, there's some cool stuff in there. You should really check that out. Go check that out later today, and you'll see this valley of dry bones make you think about Halloween. Uh, It'll be good times. But they believe in the resurrection. The Pharisees, even though they're mad at Jesus, they believe in the resurrection because they believe in the prophets. And then there's this other group of people called the Sadducees, okay? The Sadducees don't believe in the resurrection, okay? They believe in the Mosaic law only, and what I'm getting at is they believe Ezekiel as a prophet was on something special, and they don't trust the prophets. And so if you ever struggle with trying to remember that, I'm going to give you some pastor, some good Bible trivia if you ever have that, uh, some good pastor ways to remember it, is the Sadducees aren't happy today because of the resurrection, and they don't believe in it, which makes them sad, you see. There we go, Pastor Joe. We're good. We have some. All right, so here we go. So what do we get with the real thing? What do we get with the resurrection? Where are we at with that? So if you're taking notes today, I got three things really quickly. We're going to celebrate, and we're going to just, man, have some awesome worship here in just a minute again, I know. So the first thing we get when it comes to Easter is a risen Savior. A risen Savior. Now here's the thing. Here's the thing. What Christians celebrate today isn't that Jesus is alive. It isn't just that he is alive. It isn't just that he walked the earth. It isn't just that he walked around healing people. It isn't just that he came. It's that he is risen. That's what makes the difference. He is risen from the dead. Not just that he's alive. It's great to know someone's alive. I can go to a tombstone, as Alex shared earlier, and I can tell you that someone was alive. But Jesus is risen. He's defeated death, the grave, everything. The thing that we fear the most is death itself. He's defeated it. So the first thing we get at Easter is a risen Savior, and that's what Paul is helping the Corinthians understand. So 1 Corinthians 15, verse 1 through 4 says this. Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel, you are saved if you hold firmly to the word I preached to you. Otherwise, you have believed in vain. For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the scripture, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to 
the scripture. So Paul gets all of these groups together and he says, listen, whatever you believe, this is the foundation you have to believe about Jesus. It is built upon the resurrection. What we have and what we believe is on the resurrection. But here's the thing I want you to see that many of us can be stuck with today. Paul doesn't say that salvation starts with us. Paul doesn't say that Easter is about us. Paul says it's about Jesus. Jesus. He is the atonement for our sins. Him and him alone. Christ. Christ alone. Nothing else. You can have all the knowledge in the world. You can be the Pharisees, have all the knowledge of the world about the Messiah, and Jesus could be standing right in front of you, and you'll want to stone him because he's going to take your power away. You can be the Sadducees, beating him down mad because he doesn't, he believed, because Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, and you can tell him how in the world can that happen if his resurrection is real. You can fight him. You can be a Gnostic, and you can be agnostic. You can be Gnostic yourself. You could be atheist yourself, and you can believe that this is hogwash. More on that in a minute. Or, or you can trust the resurrection is real and it will completely change you and all that you do. See, Paul talks about this thing called the gospel, the gospel. So how many folks, we're in the South here, so we're in the Bible Belt. So we hear people a lot of times say gospel, right? Gospel, or the good news, right? The good news, we hear that. Paul clearly defines what the gospel is. If anyone ever asks you what is the gospel, 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4 is your foundation. It, is, it, it says it. Jesus came, he made us righteous by living the perfect sinless life we couldn't live. He died on the cross for our sins, becoming the atonement for our sins, paying the penalty for our sins, taking God's full wrath for our sins. And he rose again on the third day, just as the scripture says, so that we could be who we were created to be now. See, this word gospel, uh, if you look in the Greek, is euagileon. You ready? Euagileon. It's a great word, right? Euagileon. Or eugileon, if you want to say that, okay? Eugileon. You know who would say about eugileon? We're going to hear it in a, uh, around November. Caesar would even use this word. Good news. I have good news. I got good news. You know what it really means? Gospel, the victory march. The victory Caesar would talk about a eugileon at victory time, whenever they had won a war. So think about this. It sounds similar to something that we have at a funeral. We give a what? Eulogy. What? So the death of someone is their victory march. Eulogy. Like eugileon. The good news is this isn't it. The death isn't it. Through Christ, when someone is ready, when someone dies and that end date goes on that tombstone, it's not over. It's actually just stepping from glory to glory because Christ has overcome it. So wherever you are right now on the spectrum of following Jesus, I hope you understand the firm foundation of what we celebrate today is the resurrection. Once we understand we get a risen Savior at Easter, it leads us to a genuine faith, a real faith, a genuine faith. Paul goes on to say this way, maybe you are where the Corinthians were. You're you're questioning whether this was real. Well, this is what Paul writes in verse 5 through 8. And then he appeared to Cephas, not Bo Cephas. I mean, Hank Williams Jr. wasn't there. Don't get excited. That's actually Peter, the rock. That's where he is. Cephas. He appears to Cephas and the 12. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time. Most of them are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, which is brother Jesus, who didn't believe in Jesus till after the resurrection. We get the book of James from him. Then to all the apostles, and last of all, he appeared to me also, that is Paul, as one abnormally born. So Paul is saying, hey, 
If you want to know if the resurrection is real, there's over 500 people that are still alive. Go ask them. That was 2,000 years ago, right? And you may think that was 2,000 years ago. If I see a 2,000-year-old person, they're either a mummy or it's something crazy. Like, I only see that on TV. There's no way to talk to someone about a genuine faith. But I will tell you today, if someone is a believer in Jesus, they've confessed, repented of their sins, and surrendered lordship of their life to him, they are a witness of the resurrection. They are a witness of the resurrection. So Paul says you have to have a genuine faith. You've got to have something that you believe in. So the resurrection is the foundation of, of us understanding we have a risen Savior. Then we have a genuine faith. So when it comes to faith, there, there are only two types of people that say there are two types of people. So I'm going to talk about three types of people. Hey, yo. So wherever we are right now, when you follow faith, wherever you are and following Jesus, Paul talks about this genuine faith. And so there are three types of faith. Cue George Michael. No. See, you're with me. I heard some laughter. We're good. Uh, The first type of faith says, hey, this resurrection thing is probably true. It's probably true. You see, it's probably true there was this, maybe this person named Jesus. There were were a ton of Jesuses in Rome. There was probably this, there, there was probably a carpenter from Nazareth, likely. It's probably true, but I, I, I'm not going to take a stand on it. Okay, like it's a conglomeration. Some would say Jesus is a conglomeration of all the Middle Eastern gods and and all the things that people had and he's just a collection of a religion and they just put all the best parts and scrapped it all together, hit the blend button and Jesus came out. So you would say, maybe this is probably true, but you're not gonna take a stand on it. If you, were, if you had to pay your taxes with it, you wouldn't trust it, right? Like if you had to write a check for it, you wouldn't take a stand on it. The other one would say, hey, it's factually true. I have factual belief. My faith is this, this is factual. There was a guy named Jesus. He did some great things. There's a book about him, an historical book about him, and that he walked the earth. Factually, he was there, and he was crucified. There was a guy named Jesus who was crucified king of the Jews. You don't believe in the resurrection. You don't think that it's real. So you're just one step past probably true to take a stand on it, and you would say, it could be true. Factually, Jesus was there. But that was 2,000 years ago. That has nothing to do with me. It doesn't impact my life. It doesn't change the way I live, give, or serve. It doesn't change anything about me. It's just factual. Like right now, how about this? Factually, there's someone starving and dying in Africa right now. That's a factual thing. Does it affect you or me? No. Let's just be honest. It doesn't. All we see is ourselves right now. So the factual believer says, hey, Jesus was alive, but it, it, it doesn't affect me. Then the third person says, hey, it's not probably true. It's not just factually true. It's faith that makes me live my life in a way to act on it, to act on it. That's what the early church spreading was like. I act on my faith. It actually changes the way in which I live. So it's something that I'm willing to stand on a firm foundation to say, yes, this is true. It impacts me eternally, and I'm going to do something about it because it's not just about me. It's about Jesus and getting the hope of him to the entire world. When you go home today, you're going to flip your light switch, right? Your fan, let's be real, it's getting hot here. Fan, you're going to turn your fan on. You expect your fan to work, right? Who wouldn't? It's worked all the way through. So here's the thing, here's the thing as I fix my bow tie, here's the thing. I can't tell you how electricity goes to that fan to make it work. But I can tell you when I flip that switch, I have faith that it's going to come on, just like you will. 
So why in the world can I have faith in electricity and, and be in a moment in time and say, well, Jesus isn't real, but I have faith in a wire running in a wall? See, that's faith. You act on it. Because if it doesn't work, what do you do with the switch? You go, you know, you just pull the thing 17 times. It's not working. Let me go find the breaker. You go do all those things. And you have faith if all those line up, it can work. So when it comes to our faith about the resurrection, where are we at? Was it probably true? Factually true? Or is it something that completely changes our eternity? Because after we have a genuine faith, then and only then do we live in the power of the resurrection. The power of the resurrection. See, the thing is, it's not just the cross. Our hope is in the resurrection. It'd be great if Jesus just went to the cross for us, but he did more. He's risen. The power of the gospel itself is in the resurrection itself. It is in death being defeated. It is in death being overcome. It is in the penalty for our sin being completely swallowed up in Christ. The thing that corrupted us from the Garden of Eden, Jesus came and made right. So for each and every one of us, we have to understand if we don't believe in the resurrection, we're in trouble. If you believe Jesus is who he says he is and he died for your sins, but you're struggling with the resurrection, you think it was a spa day, you think that maybe the disciples ran off, maybe you're like Mary, you thought Jesus was the gardener and they went and hid his body somewhere. Maybe, maybe you're like me, I tend to be like Peter and I run slower than John, so John beats me to the tomb first and sees it, but yet I have the courage to walk in. Like, I don't know where you are on that, but you have to understand if you say that you trust Jesus, but you struggle with the resurrection, we're all in trouble you're in trouble. Because if that's the case, when we die, it's over. Paul goes on to say in verse 12, but if I preach to you, but if I preach that Christ has been raised from the dead, how can some of you say there is no resurrection of the dead? For if there's no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. More than that, we are then found to be false witnesses about God, for we have testified about God that he raised Christ from the dead, but he did not raise him if, in fact, the dead are not raised. Paul's saying, hey, if Jesus wasn't raised from the dead, we won't be raised from the dead. But if Jesus is raised from the dead, how can we believe that we won't be raised from the dead? Thriller. I'm just kidding. You saw it behind me. It's okay. Get it out of your mind now. Let's get back into 1 Corinthians 15. For if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. Then those who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are people to be most pitied. So in other words, if we don't believe in the resurrection, we're to be pitied. The ASPCA commercial in the arms of the angel. Yeah, that, we're that. We're that dog. We're to be pitied if the resurrection isn't real. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of all who have fallen asleep. So what Paul is diving into here, so we know that Easter gives us a risen Savior. Easter gives us a genuine faith. Easter gives us the power of the resurrection. What Paul is saying here is, hey, hey, you got to understand, if the resurrection didn't happen, all this is meaningless. 
If the resurrection didn't happen, resurrection didn't happen, we're all liars, and so are the, the witnesses to Jesus being here. So, uh, so is this Bible. This Bible is false. It's a historical book that's full of lies. If the resurrection didn't happen, your life is meaningless and worthless. That's it. The resurrection didn't happen. The resurrection didn't, ha- resurrection didn't happen. This is the best it will ever get for you. And I don't know about you, but I can turn on the news, and you can too. I don't like to watch it much because we know it can get crazy. I don't think this is the best that it could ever be to you. And if this is the best it could ever be, wouldn't I want to search for something that's better? See, that, that, that's where the Corinthian church was. They were stuck. The something that's better, they were stuck in this thing called Gnosticism, which says, hey, if I have a special knowledge, it separates the spiritual from the physical. It says the physical is so corrupted, the physical is so busted up, it doesn't matter what I do to my body, how I treat my body, or how it's looked at. The only way that I can find myself is to go deeper inside myself, and that's my only salvation. I have a question for you. Maybe you follow Jesus and that's where you are. And you think that. Why would Jesus appear to the disciples in a resurrected form, in a physical form, if these bodies weren't going to be raised? I can tell you, yes, we're going to be new bodies, redeemed bodies. I mean, I'm going to have, I'm going to have like a 15, a 16 pack back like that. It is what it is. And the 16-pack will be sparkling water or juice because that's about all I'm good for. So whatever that is, right? Like this body matters, what we do and what happens in our life and where we are as a culture is that. I can do whatever I want to my body. It doesn't matter. It's so corrupted and it's so useless it can't be redeemed. So I've got to go inside myself and find myself. And so what I do first is I try to identify myself as something. Once I've identified myself as one thing, I see that it brings me no hope. So now I've got to go deeper and identify myself as something else. And once I identify myself as something else, then I've got to go deeper and hope that it brings me joy. So much so that what I will end up doing is mutilating my body in the end to realize that nothing in this world can bring me joy. Only Christ can. That's where the church is stuck at in Corinth. And it's such a perfect thing and example for us. Now listen, I'm not against the self-help gurus, so don't get mad at me, but that's it. (laughs) Hey, I'm, I'm going nutty professor. Yes, I can. That's what we believe, right? We believe it. We think that's it. And I'm telling you, you can't find hope in it. Yes, your thoughts matter. What you believe in your head does matter. But it cannot save you. It cannot save you. Using a different bathroom cannot save you. Trying to dress a certain way different than anything else cannot save you. Trying to have the right job that gives you the status cannot save you. Going deep inside yourself to discover the path to enlightenment cannot save you. Only Christ can. And that's where we are. That is what we are celebrating That's where we are right now, and maybe that's where you are. You're trying to figure this out. Guess what? The one thing we all have in common is all of us were trying to figure it out at one time. We were chasing inside of ourselves. We were chasing the things of this world. We thought that expensive receipt that we call a college degree mattered, and that's the most expensive shopping you'll ever do. Outside of wedding, I guess, that marriage license can be real expensive too, right? 
Wherever it is, we chase it. We, we think that next car, the electric car, the one that everybody wants, is going to be the one that brings you satisfaction until the power goes up. Like, we think that, that the next relationship will bring us satisfaction until you realize that other person can't be your savior. Until we realize that nothing in this world can satisfy. So Paul is saying all the way through, if we don't believe in the resurrection, this is all pointless. Now, you see, right now, I'm going to say something really crazy. Go figure. Uh, I'm going to say something crazy when it comes to that physical is, when it comes to the physical and spiritual, see, Jesus came to redeem the physical so that we could be at one physically and spiritually with the Father, that we could be in right relationship. See, what happened is we were created in Genesis, right? Man and woman, created, Adam and Eve, ready to go. They're there. God says, you can have everything but these two things. And like a two-year-old, we decided those two things are what I want. So we went to go get those two things, and because of that, we sinned, and we corrupted our flesh. But God loved us enough not to stay in a corrupted state. He redeemed us through his son, who came physically for us. When we take communion, we just did it last week. If you think our bodies don't matter. We said, Jesus says, take this bread. It is my body broken for you. Drink this cup. It is the blood of my covenant Physical, physical. Do we think that this body can't be redeemed? And the world we live in says, I must change it, change it, change it, change it, suck it out the fat, I must Botox it up, I must do all those things. Nothing wrong with those things. If that's what God told you to do, go do it. I, I, there ain't a, there, a septic truck couldn't suck all this fat out. It is what it is. So it's where I'm at, okay? I'm working on it, all right? I'm trying, I'm working on it. I'm just saying... For each and every one of us, if that's what we think will satisfy, it can't. If you're looking to get yourself physically right, why don't you start with Jesus? Because I promise you, he'll show you the way. If you're looking to get yourself spiritually right, to find who you really are, seek Jesus. He'll show you the way. Paul is saying that's how we find it. That's how we know it's through the resurrection. So the thing for each and every one of us is to see where are we at when it comes to this. What type of faith do we have? Like, many of us would profess that we trust Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Does it change the way we live, give, and act? We just celebrate that our welcome. We do. We have sowers here who, who give of their time, talent, and treasure. I'm so thankful. Changes the way we live. Tomorrow, will it change the way you live? Will it change the way you live? For those that, that don't know who Jesus is, you're kicking the tires of religion, you're trying to figure out if this thing is true, you're trying to figure out if Easter really is what it's about. It's not about baskets, it's not about pastels, it's about a risen Savior. And I wanna, I wanna help you see this by making a mess, because that's what I do best. So, wherever you are right now, we're hiding the electronics. Let me get myself set up. There's a slogan, one of the best ad slogans ever. I say the real thing, what do you think of? Coca-Cola, somebody. That's uh, 1970s if you want to look it up. Coca-Cola. Good times, good times. Now, I've got the zero sugar here because that's about all your boy can handle. So, Coca-Cola, the real thing, Coca-Cola. See, many of us live our life like this bottle, Coca-Cola. We think the only way to salvation 
is if we just change something about us, we go, we rip off a label, you know, we take it, we get a little, little something there, we mutilate that, we change that. If I could just have something change me, if I just want to get this bottle here, hey, if, if I live my life, I can probably live, oh, that didn't work, did it? If I live my life, well, maybe, maybe I should live my life like that because it's, it's hip to be square, right? Like maybe I should live like this. Maybe that's, that's where I am. Wherever I am, I keep trying to change myself to find the real thing, but I just keep finding out every time I look at myself, I'm exactly the same. Season after season after season after season, I keep going around wondering, exactly the same, exactly the same. I'm exactly the same. I keep trying to change what I put inside of me. It's still the same. See, here goes the fun. You ready? You heard it. I just shook it up already. See, what happens is it takes something outside of us coming in. We think we can change ourselves, but it's not anything that we can do within ourselves to change ourselves. Something outside of us. A mentor that we call Mentos. Something outside of us, go. And it completely changes us. It wrecks us from the inside out. But you see, what Jesus does is he takes this thing that we say is corruptible. He takes this thing that we say has no meaning. It has no purpose. And what we call sanctification in our Christian walk is what Jesus is doing. All this dark stuff, all this sin that's inside of us, he is working it out. He is changing it from the inside out for us. He's changing it. And as it keeps going out from the inside out from us, see, we think we, think we can't be redeemed. We think the resurrection doesn't matter. See, if the resurrection doesn't matter, this can't happen. We can't be changed from the inside out. We can't have something that's defeated the thing that we probably fear the most, this thing called death. We can't change from the inside out. But you see, this is the beauty of following Jesus. See, he doesn't just stop there. He doesn't just get the bad stuff out. He replaces it with the thing that we need. See, he calls himself because he is. He's the water of life. So he just keeps going, and as he fills us with his water, he keeps working the bad stuff out, working the bad stuff out, working the bad stuff out. And his water of life overflows through us that we share it with everyone around us. And he takes that dark thing that's inside of us that we think leaves us hopeless and can't be redeemed, and he uses it as a shining example to the world to share. If they kick us off for Coke, I don't know who else will. Because come on, you got to share a Coke. You remember it, it was the same ad campaign, the real thing, share a Coke with somebody. So where are you right now in your life with Christ? See, many people would say the thing they fear the most is public speaking. I'm afraid to get a microphone. Well, I'm not afraid to embarrass myself, so that's not me. But they would say it's public speaking. But if we're honest... The thing we fear the most is death. Death. From the moment we take our first breath, we fight death. Period. I don't care who you are. You fight it. You do everything you can. You take the anti-aging pills, the anti-aging serum. You, you, you take your vitamins. You eat your Wheaties. You say your prayers, as Hulk Hogan said. Like, whatever you do, you do everything you can to defeat death on your own. And I hate to tell you, you can't do it. You just can't. And the thing is, you'll spend your whole life trying not to die, only to waste it, instead of receiving the gift of salvation 
that Jesus brought us who died for us in our place because of our sin. But he also didn't just die for us. He rose again. The power that raised him from the dead, think about this, the Holy Spirit, when you confess and repent of your sins and you trust Jesus as your Lord and Savior is the same power that lives inside of you. That thing 2,000 years ago that, helped, that, that raised Jesus from the dead, that left that tomb empty, is in you. Is in you. That's why you're a witness. Paul goes on to write it this way in 1 Corinthians 15. He says this in 51 through 57. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed. In a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for that trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised, imperishable, and will be changed. For the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality. When the perishable has been clothed with imperishable and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. What is Paul saying? All of us will be resurrected, and we will stand before God. No questions asked. Either we will still be the same we were on this earth, or we will keep letting Jesus fill us up. We will surrender to Christ, lordship of our life, and we will be changed so much so when we get to heaven, this semi-clearer liquid will be white because when we stand before God, we will say in front of him, either we tried to save ourselves or we will allow Jesus to be our salvation. There is no in-between. It's one or the other. So will we keep living our life only dead, or will we finally take and receive the free gift of salvation and the death and resurrection of Jesus so that we can really live life now and for eternity? So with every head bow and every eye closed, while we do what we do every week, is to help others see Jesus is who he says he is. Is to see that we aren't irredeemable. We aren't, we aren't without being restored. We aren't something that, that, that God just hates or this life is not something that is meaningless. It has a purpose and we are here for a reason. And so for each and every one of us, we just have to be, just to be honest, Paul said it, all of us are guilty of sin. Okay, sin, sin corrupted us. Sin has a penalty. That penalty of sin is death. And God loved us enough that he didn't want us to be dead. He wanted to live life with us. He just wanted to be in relationship with us. And because we have sin in our life, we can't be in the presence of God. So God loves us enough. He sends his son, lives the perfect sinless life we couldn't live, making us righteous so that we could stand in the presence of God, pay the penalty for our sins, which is death, death he went ahead he did that on the cross but he loved us enough not to stay dead he rose again on the third day so that we could have life now life to the full to literally be fully human be who we were created to be we don't have to go deep inside of ourselves to find ourselves we don't have to change who we are this week to try to be something different next week no no no, no. we let jesus take control to mold us and shape us be exactly who he created us to be not what the world says, it's not another degree, it's not another house, it's not another relationship, it's not another car, it is Christ and Christ alone. And so with every head bow and every eye closed, this is why we do what we do. 
we pray this prayer. It's not the words of this prayer. It's the genuine faith that you understand Jesus is our risen Savior, that you are with faith saying that God sent him here for us, that he died for our sins, and he rose again on the third day. That is what you are saying so that you can live in the power of the resurrection, what we celebrate on Easter. So with every head bow and every eye closed, please repeat this prayer after me out loud. We pray as a family here together. Dear Jesus, I believe I'm a sinner separated from you. I believe you came, lived the perfect sinless life. I couldn't live. Died the death I deserve on the cross, paying the penalty for my sin. But love me enough not to stay dead, but rose again on the third day so that I may have life Come take over my life. Lord, teach me to follow you step by step the rest of my life the best way I know how. With every head bow and every eye closed, if you can say for the first time you have prayed the prayer of faith, understanding that Christ alone is our salvation. I'm going to count to three. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. One, two, three three. If that's you, if you're in the house, would you raise your hand? If that's you, for anyone else who's online, you're watching or listening throughout the week, you may see a hand that's raised. You may not listen. We want to celebrate with you. This isn't the finish line, but the starting block. We, we want to help you take your next step. Please let us know. Leave a comment. Reach out to us at 864-580-6698. You can shoot us a text message. You can give us a call. You can send us an email at hello at thevine.tv. But here's the thing. This is what we want to do. This is why we want your information. Now that you've taken this step of salvation, we want to get you into a local church. We want to get you into a body, wherever you are. We want to get you into the local church so that you can fully live and be who Christ created you to be. And for the rest of us, you can look up. We are so thankful you're here. We've had some awesome worship. And I'm telling you, it's just a small, it's not even scratching the surface of, the, of what we're going to be in heaven. We're about to worship here again. And I just want to ask us and be reminded, what kind of faith are we living? We celebrate the resurrection today. Are we living in the resurrection tomorrow to share it with the world? And so as we turn our eyes toward Jesus, I pray that we would just lift his name high and praise and worship him. So would you stand?
and you get a Coke and you get... I'm just kidding. Nobody just goes, it's all right. We're so thankful y'all are here. Thank y'all for celebrating Easter with us and may we always live, walk in the power of the resurrection. Let this not be something we celebrate once a year, but we celebrate with every breath, 
we take because it's all about Jesus. So as we go out this week, let's continue to share him and be his light and let him work in and through us as he builds his kingdom. We look forward to seeing you next week as we talk about Esther. Come on. We ain't never talked about Esther. It's good times. It's going to be great. So we can't wait to see you then. Have an awesome week and happy Easter.